Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of Candida albicans found under the Infectious Disease section at MedBullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 58-year-old man presents to the emergency room for fevers. He reports having a persistent fever for the past two to three days. He denies having any respiratory symptoms or any skin infections. His past medical history includes diabetes, IV drug use, and a recent admission for pneumonia requiring broad-spectrum antibiotics. He is admitted to the hospital for further management and again started on broad-spectrum antibiotics as well as antifungal drugs. A bedside echo reveals vegetations on the tricuspid valve and blood cultures eventually grow candida. Let's continue with an introduction to Candida albicans. As a reminder, Candida albicans is a yeast with budding and pseudohyphae. It has germ tube formation at 37 degrees Celsius, which is diagnostic, as true hyphae sprout from yeast. In immunocompetent host, it usually presents with skin and mucous membrane infections. This can include oral thrush, which may occur with inhaled corticosteroids, or HIV patients with CD4 positive cell counts less than 500. It may also present as candidal intertrigo, which is yeast infection in the skin folds. It can also present as diaper rash, vulvovaginitis, perlesh or angulochelitis, which is cracks at the corner of the mouth and is associated with malnutrition. In immunocompromised hosts, it usually presents with systemic disease. This can include esophagitis, especially in HIV patients with CD4-positive cell counts less than 100, as endocarditis, which is associated with IV drug users, as well as disseminated or invasive candidiasis or chronic mucocutaneous candidiasis. Risk factors for candida include neutropenia, an immunocompromised status, an indwelling catheter, hospital admission, especially in the ICU, recent use of antibiotics, or recent use of corticosteroids. In terms of the pathogenesis, remember that neutropenia in patients causes systemic candida infections. T-cell deficiency causes local infections, and antibiotic use may lead to overgrowth of candida due to disruption of normal flora. Moving on to the presentation. Oral thrush will present with white plaques on the tongue that can be scraped off. Intertrigo presents as well-demarcated, erythematous, and itchy patches in the skin folds. Esophagitis presents with dysphagia and throat pain. Vulvovaginitis presents with thick cottage cheese white discharge and itchiness. Endocarditis presents with fevers, heart failure, and a new murmur. And invasive candidiasis presents with fever, septic shock, and pain or swelling at the site of initial infection. In terms of further imaging, endoscopy is indicated for esophagitis, and specific findings may include white plaques along the esophagus. In terms of further studies, blood or other tissue culture may serve as a definitive diagnosis. On wet mount of vaginal fluid, it may demonstrate yeast and pseudohyphae, which are visualized with potassium hydroxide. On biopsy, one may note yeast and pseudohyphae as well. However, when making the diagnosis, remember that it is based on clinical presentation and laboratory studies. In terms of the differential, make sure to think about bacterial infection, with distinguishing factors being that cultures will often grow the bacteria. In terms of treatment, medical options include nystatin. This is indicated for local infections. Another option is azoles. These are indicated for local and systemic infections and are first line if the fungus is not resistant. Another option is echinocandins. This is indicated for systemic infections, and it is often first line due to increased resistance to azoles. Another option is amphotericin B. This is indicated as second line in systemic infections or in pregnant women. 
Complications related to Canada includes disseminated disease. And lastly, with regards to prognosis, remember that there is a high mortality in invasive candidiasis. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to Canada albicans, let's walk through some questions to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For the first question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 45-year-old man presents to the emergency department with difficulty swallowing food. He states that he experiences pain when he attempts to swallow his medications or when he drinks water. He reveals that he was diagnosed with HIV infection five years ago. He asserts that he has been taking his antiretroviral regimen, including emtricitabine, rilpivirine, and tenofovir. His temperature is 98 degrees Fahrenheit or 37 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 100 over 60, pulse is 90 beats per minute, respirations are 22 breaths per minute, and oxygen saturation is 99% on room air. His physical exam is notable for a clear oropharynx, no lymphadenopathy, and a normal cardiac and pulmonary exam. No rashes are noted throughout his body. His laboratory results demonstrate a hemoglobin of 12, hematocrit of 37%, leukocyte count of 8,000 with a normal differential, and platelet count of 160,000. Serum sodium is 138, chloride is 108, potassium is 3.5, bicarbonate is 26, BUN is 35, glucose is 108, creatinine is 1.1. His CD4 positive count is 90, and his HIV viral load is 59,000 copies per milliliter. What is the best next step in management? And the answer choices are... Choice 1. Esophageal endoscopy and biopsy. Choice 2. Fluconazole. Choice 3. Methylprednisolone. Choice 4. Nystatin. Or choice 5. Oral swab and microscopy. The best answer to this question is choice 2. Fluconazole. This vignette presents a patient with an inadequately controlled HIV infection who is currently complaining of odinophagia. Esophageal candidiasis is likely present and should be empirically managed with fluconazole. Canada albicans infections are considered opportunistic infections in the immunocompromised because of the organism's presence in normal skin flora. Manifestations can include presentations on any mucosal surface, such as oral thrush, esophagitis, and vaginal candidiasis, as well as endocarditis and sepsis. For HIV-positive patients, in addition to attempting correction of the immune dysfunction with highly active antiretroviral therapy, fluconazole or itraconazole can be empirically prescribed for 14 to 21 days because C. albicans is the most common cause of esophagitis in this population. Suppressive prophylaxis may be considered for recurrent episodes. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Esophageal endoscopy and biopsy can be considered in HIV-positive patients refractory to empiric azole therapy for esophagitis. Choice 3. Methylprednisolone can be considered in cases of non-fungal and non-viral esophagitis for empiric treatment of symptomatic esophageal ulcers. Choice 4. Nystatin can be considered in management of oral or superficial thrush in immunocompetent individuals. Choice 5. Oral swab and microscopy may reveal candida albicans, but will be nonspecific given the organism's presence among skin flora. Finally, a bullet summary. HIV-positive patients with odinophagia should be empirically treated for candida esophagitis with fluconazole. For the second question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 28-year-old female presents to her primary care provider complaining of vulvopruritus. She reports that three days ago she developed an itching sensation that has gotten progressively worse. 
On review of systems, she also endorses mild dysuria and dyspareunia. The patient's past medical history is otherwise significant for endometriosis, for which she takes oral contraceptive pills. She drinks 5 to 10 glasses of wine per week and has never smoked. She denies other drug use. The patient is sexually active with men and has a new partner since her last office visit three months ago. At her last visit, she requested testing for sexually transmitted diseases, and she tested negative for chlamydia, gonorrhea, HIV, and syphilis infection. On physical exam, she has extensive vaginal inflammation with thick white vaginal discharge. Her wet mountain microscopy demonstrates pseudohyphae. Which of the following is the treatment of choice for this patient? And the answer choices are Choice 1. Azithromycin Choice 2. Ceftriaxone Choice 3. Azithromycin and ceftriaxone Choice 4. Fluconazole or Choice 5. Metronidazole The best answer to this question is Choice 4. Fluconazole This patient presents with vulvar pruritus and thick white vaginal discharge which is consistent with the diagnosis of Canada vaginitis. The treatment of choice for Canada vaginitis is fluconazole. The differential diagnosis for vaginitis includes Candida vaginitis, bacterial vaginitis, and trichomonas vaginitis. Candida vaginitis is characterized on physical exam by thick quote-unquote cottage cheese vaginal discharge and on wet mount microscopy by pseudohyphae. For any of these causes, the diagnosis should be confirmed by wet mount microscopy gram stain, or culture before initiating treatment. Fluconazole is the treatment of choice for candida vaginitis, whereas metronidazole is the treatment of choice for both bacterial vaginitis and trichomonas. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Azithromycin is the treatment of choice for chlamydial cervicitis diagnosed by nucleic acid amplification test. Although patients may present similarly with dysuria, dyspareunia, and vulvovaginal irritation, Cervicitis is more classically characterized by purulent vaginal discharge or postcoital bleeding due to increased friability of the cervix. Choice 2. Ceftriaxone is the treatment of choice for NAP-proven gonococcal cervicitis, although many providers now add azithromycin to ceftriaxone due to increasing antibiotic resistance. Cervicitis almost always presents with more pronounced purulent discharge. Choice 3. Azithromycin and ceftriaxone are empiric treatment for cervicitis, as co-infection with chlamydia trachomatis and Neisseria gonorrhea is common. They may also be used together to treat NAP-proven gonococcal cervicitis due to increasing resistance to ceftriaxone. Choice 5. Metronidazole is the treatment of choice for bacterial vaginosis and trichomoniasis. BV presents with an off-white thin discharge that has a fishy odor, and trichomoniasis presents with a malodorous yellow-green thin discharge. Finally, a bullet summary. Candida vaginitis presents with a thick cottage cheese discharge and the treatment of choice is fluconazole. That's all for this review about Candida albicans. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast.